Hey guys, a belated happy Independence Day. It's good to be in America. That's right, praise God for it. We've been chatting quite a lot about understanding the times, and we've been reading uh, a real great history book uh, sent to us by our friend. Melina, thank you. Congratulations, Thomas and Melina, on your wedding. Amen, praise God. She sent us this book that she highly recommended, A True Story of South Africa, the history that you wouldn't hear from most Yeah public what do you call it educational yeah. sources so and so with that it's both incredibly meaningful to read back on your history of your people it's incredibly sad as well to see some of the stories and the tragedies and the hardships uh, that your people that the people of your heritage uh, have gone through and so it is in america with the recent celebrations of independence day so many people will say happy fourth of july and that's not like a bad thing or anything it's just what we've been programmed to say it's like saying happy 25th of December. Or when you come to wish someone a happy birthday, you say, oh, happy 12th of July. Happy 12th of April. You know, whatever your, your birthday is. Like, no, happy birthday. Merry Christmas. Uh, happy Independence Day. Because it means something. It's meaningful. Um, Independence Day is a celebration of the war of independence that the colonies fought with Britain. And it's a very important history of your people. If if that is a part of your people. Whatever your people group is, you will have special history. You will have special dates. You will have special remembrances and festivals for your people. And praise God, it's very important. The Bible says to not remove the old boundary stones set by your forefathers, to remember the good things that the Lord has done for your forefathers, for the people who went before you. We are to call to remembrance, we're to honor the heritage that we have come from. And that heritage will have special dates, special commemorations, special thanks that we give to God for his faithfulness to our people in the past. Mm -hmm. And so it comes to today, again, whatever your people group, wherever you are in, in the world, we are going through a very trying time, a, a certain time. It says of the children of Issachar, one of the, the tribes in Israel, that they understood the times and that they knew what Israel ought to do with those times. A friend once told me a while back, knowledge is understanding what's in front of you. Wisdom is understanding what God wants you to do with what's in front of you. And so we often have knowledge problems or we have wisdom problems. But there's a third aspect in there, which is obedience or faithfulness. We want to be called a faithful servant. Faithfulness is doing what God wants us to do with what's in front of us. And so I just wanted to chat a little bit about our times where we are today. We are in strange times. It's not unique. This has happened before. Ecclesiastes says there's nothing new underneath the sun. And there's that famous quote of, you know, history doesn't repeat, but it often rhymes. And so we've seen these cycles of history. If you read back over history, that's why it's so important to read history, especially the history of your people. These things repeat, these themes repeat. It's the history of, of the Bible as well. You know, you're reading the history of a people group and all of the themes and the times of how God leads a people through certain things. And there's times of obedience and there's times of disobedience. There's times of captivity and there's times of sovereignty. And so in Jeremiah 29, it's a time of captivity for this people group. And it's something we've spoken about in the past with especially the Anglosphere, the English speaking countries of the world. We think that they are our countries. We think that these are our people, our government, they, they have our best interests at heart. But actually when, when you start to read in Jeremiah, it's a very similar situation to where we find ourselves in the Anglosphere. We are a captive people. We are captive to governments that don't serve our best interests. We're captive to institutions that are hostile toward us and are against us. 
And so what do you do with those times, right? It's, it's right understanding. It's knowledge of the times. Do you understand what's going on in front of you? And so many people don't. We're deceived, right? We, we think that everything's happy. Everything's carrying on as normal. You know, in fact, this is the enlightened time. This is the great, greatest time in history and everything's wonderful. But that's not the fruit that is around us. The fruit that is around us is brokenness, degeneration, immorality, depression, anxiety, drugs, murder, a breakdown of law and order, a breakdown of the family unit, economic fraud on a huge scale with inflation and fiat currencies, the impoverishment and punishment or enslavement, if you want to call it, of whole people groups and conflict and, you know, all of these these things that can get you really depressed, right? We're not depressed because we're not victims, we're not victims <laughs> number one. And we understand that all of these things are cycles of time that God will lead us through these things, just like he led uh, people in the past, our own, our own people. You, 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 you can, there's incredible sadness when reading the history of your people, but there's also incredible encouragement of like, wow, they lived through that. And here I am today as a result of that. That's amazing. <laughs> and so Jeremiah 29, Jeremiah's message to a captive people. So what is a captive people? It's a people who don't have sovereignty. They don't have liberty. Having just celebrated Independence Day, one of the key deceptions is that we have these liberties. We have this sovereignty um, of our people. And to a certain extent, yes, you know, when you look, uh, it's one of the reasons I'm so grateful to be in America as opposed to uh, South Africa or what you've seen, you know, over the last couple of years in places like Australia or New Zealand or you know, where there's just this ridiculous authoritarian uh, captivity, there still is a measure of sovereignty that is checking the desire for authoritarian enslavement. And so with that understanding, we've got to then go to scripture and say, okay, what are the scriptures to those people in that similar place that we are? Jeremiah 29. Now, these are the words of the letter that Jeremiah the prophet sent from Jerusalem to the remainder of the elders who were carried away captive, to the priests, the prophets, and all the people whom Nebuchadnezzar had carried away captive from Jerusalem to Babylon. Babylon's a, a very interesting concept with our globalist uh, liberal utopia that we are all living in. You know, the Tower of Babel is this one unified project to unite all mankind and ascend and be our own authority, be our own God. And so we, we have that same spirit today with this globalist wanting to destroy the barriers of, of people groups, of tribes and tongues, and make one big tribe of all of humanity, one tribeless people group with humanity as our greatest achievement and no God but ourselves, uh, you know, all of that kind of thing. So it's interesting that that is where we have been taken captive too. I was thinking earlier too, that's, I feel, what we've lost with our generation is not having a connection to mm -hmm. our ancestors and our people and our history and even reading the story of the Boers. I can see how the Afrikaners in South Africa do have this belonging mm -hmm. and this unity with Rooted each other because they understand their history. They know mm -hmm. the history with each other. And they still celebrate their heritage days, you know, the days of importance and their, their feast days, if you want to call it that. Yeah, whereas we in America, well, for me in America, the education system very much tries to get rid of that rooted belonging. Like I said in the my singleness video of socialism when I was in college, I was very much trained that America's bad, the history of America is bad, being patriotic is bad, 
and it makes you loathe your history and where you came from. But then you start diving deep into your history Mm -hmm. and it's like, these are my people. These are my ancestors that fought really hard to live the life that they lived. And for us to then teach the younger generations that history is so valuable. And the other thing that they'll do as well is, you know, with the Afrikaners, I'm not an Afrikaner. I have Afrikaner heritage, but I was raised English. So I was raised to venerate the history of my English ancestors. And so I never celebrated the Boer holidays. I bless my Boer brothers. You know, there's a lot of of Afrikaners who who I I love and and I bless and I honor. And so when they would hold their holy days, I would bless them and I would would respect and enjoy that they are having a holy moment with their heritage and with their people. Um, But for me to take on their holy days and to take on their... And I I suppose I could because I have some... Afrikaans heritage somewhere mm-hmm. deep back there and, and so I could if I wanted to identify with that but let's say I had no Afrikaner heritage a, a way of Babylon a way of globalizing these people out of having any meaningful connection with their past is to say well we're all Afrikaners now and so we should all celebrate uh, the day of the vow which is kind of like the Afrikaner 4th of July the Afrikaner Independence Day is the 16th of December and to say well we should all celebrate the 16th of December it's like no that's for that people group it's their holiday it's their holy day for their people for their history and then would you also say it loses its meaning because like you don't know why you're celebrating that vow day Mm -hmm. because that's not being told for your people either yeah and so the same thing has happened for Independence Day in America is that well, anyone can come to America and be American. And so we should all celebrate the 4th of July because it's for everyone. And so fireworks and American flags. But you don't know why. You don't know who and you don't know what for. And so that is the great globalizing of individual people groups into this tribeless, meaningless, uh, global unity. So thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, to all who are carried away captive, whom I have caused to be carried away from Jerusalem to Babylon. Build houses and dwell in them. Plant gardens and eat their fruit. Take wives and beget sons and daughters. And take wives for your sons and give your daughters to husbands, so that they may bear sons and daughters, that you may be increased there and not diminished. You know, you would think that the message to a captive people would be, rebel, go to the state capital and hula shirts. Uh, Stop getting married and having kids. Don't have, (laughs) how could you have kids in this time? How could you get married in this time? It's like, no, it's the opposite, right? This is, the, this is a message to a captive people. Build houses and dwell in them. Plant gardens and eat their fruit. You know, there's a great saying. It's like, only once you can dwell. Only once you can dwell can you build. I can't really remember the, the, the saying, but, but it's to the effect of, you know, you only plant a garden if you think you're going to be there a few seasons from now. You only build a house if you think you're going to be there a few seasons from now. It's a... It's a rooting of like, okay, we're going to be here for a while. So let's build. Let's build something for our people. Build houses and dwell in them. Plant gardens and eat their fruit. Take wives and beget sons and daughters. And take wives for your sons and give your daughters to husbands. Doesn't this sound like the Garden of Eden? You know, doesn't this sound like you are a people put into chaos, the chaos of the wilderness. And God has given you a mandate to take dominion over the wilderness to take dominion over the earth and make a beautiful garden order righteousness law and that happens through family you know houses gardens husbands wives sons daughters that you may be increased there 
and not diminished. You know, that is the purpose of all war. That is the purpose of all captivity and trying to destroy people groups is to destroy them from increasing, from being fruitful and multiplying. What is God's mandate? To be fruitful and multiply and to disciple the nations. What is Satan's mandate? To destroy people, to stop them from being fruitful, to stop them from multiplying and to destroy the nations before they can be discipled. And seek the peace of the city where I have caused you to be carried away captive and pray to the Lord for it, for in its peace you will have peace. And so what brings peace? You know, the first peace is in our family. If we are out of alignment in in your marriage between a husband and a wife, that is the first chaos, right? Again, Adam and Eve in the garden, that was the first chaos, the first sin. It was a laying down of the first authority, the first mandate of Adam's role as a husband. And so in all of this, the understanding of the times is also the understanding of what does God want us to do with the times. And for so many people, and it's a wonderful, you know, it's all out of right motive, right? Our motive is we want to please the Lord. Our motive is we want the freedom of our people. And so we go and do a whole bunch of things which the Lord is not calling us to do. For instance, being caring about politics and caring about the news and caring about the popular culture and keeping up with appearances and all this kind of stuff. When God is asking us to first go back to the garden, to first go back to Adam and Eve and sort that out, sort out the first sin of our heritage, the first sin of our parents, sort out the marriage, sort out building a house, planting a garden, bringing order and peace to what you can control. So many people always say to our videos when we talk about politics and stuff, well, don't you want to stay informed? And it's important to be it's informed. Important and you've got to be involved. And it's like, of course, be involved. You can't ignore your own authorities of what you have control over in order to go and be angry about something that you have no control over. You should care very deeply about what's going on in your own household, your own neighborhood. You should care very deeply about what's going on in your own neighborhood. And so you need to be involved at your fractal level. Get involved in local politics. Get involved in state politics if you can do that. Praise God. Praise God for that. Go and do that. But the first things first, where again, understanding our times, and this is unfortunately where the majority of people in our generation do not understand the times is that the family is the building block of anything that God wants to do on earth. Adam was alone. It's not good for man to be alone. He created him a helpmeet. So the first man whom was with God at all times, he was, he had no lack. He had no sin. And God says, it's not good for him to be alone. The mission I have given him, he needs a helpmeet. So marriage is good. Then be fruitful and multiply. Children are a blessing. Children are good. They're part of your mission. They're part of your dominion mandate. You know, Abraham, he has all this wealth, all this land, all this power. And he says to God, he's like, God, what will you give me seeing I go childless? And that is the, the root of our dominion mandate of our mission is family. Family is, you, you don't complete your mission on your own. You complete your mission as part of a family. And so that is what we need to understand in our times. Number one, for men, you are called to be a patriarch. You're called to build your house. You're called to be productive and fruitful in your domain, whatever your gift is to give, to, to build status there. It says about Jesus that he grew in stature with God and man. And that was when he was working in his apprenticeship. It wasn't in ministry. He wasn't in ministry yet. He wasn't a pastor or a missionary. He was a carpenter. He was working a trade. He was working his skill set, his family business, whatever you want to read into that. But it says he grew in status with God and man while he was working. 
And so that's what we want to do. We want to be patriarchs. We want to build wealth, build influence in our family, our local area, and we want to increase and not diminish. That's an incredibly encouraging mandate. It's an incredibly encouraging game plan. Mm -hmm. The game plan is not go and be a martyr and go and struggle against powers that you cannot that you cannot comprehend how powerful they are and you're not going to go and as an individual defeat institutions you need institutional power and institutions are built first the family that's an institution churches are institutions bunches of families coming together and creating institutions to serve their interests that's institutional power it's not individuals which is the libertarian conservative bent of like individualism I'm an individual, as long as I've got me and my guns, then we're, we're going to be fine. It's like, well, that's not the truth because, you know, you're alone, you're going to get eaten eventually. In Proverbs, it says, a wise man foresees danger and hides himself. Again, wisdom is knowing what God wants you to do with what's in front of you. And so you want to hide your family from danger. You want to hide your people from danger and you want to build strength hidden away from confrontation and doing that without fear mm -hmm. like fear mongering is not a good motivator you yeah. want to do things out of faith yeah. so understanding the times but not being motivated by fear mm -hmm. but being motivated by faith yeah because i think that's the problem with a lot of well like bill gates is doing this and yeah. they're doing this to our food and they're doing this it's is that provoking a response from fear or is it, well, God is our protector. If God is for us, who can be against us? And so we will build apart from these things. Yeah, that's it. it it's, it's all about, you know, if you hear something from someone and you feel dread and fear and hopelessness, that's not helping you. You know, it's just, it's shutting you down. Why would you get married if it's all going to hell? Why would you have children if it's all going to hell? Why would you start a business if the economy is going to crash in? Why would you do anything if it's all just doom and gloom and we're not going to make it. But if on the other hand, there's an incredible positive vision of, you know, the Lord is with us. The Lord has seen this many, many times and has always laughed at those empires that have put themselves up against him. All we're asked to do is to be a faithful remnant, to be faithful that, you know, God is going to take us out. Even though we're in captivity, even though we our people are enslaved and we have no sovereignty, we have no liberty. Well, what can we do? Get married, build your households have children, start businesses. There's an incredible positive action of, I can become a patriarch. I can build a patriarchal life by hiding my people away from hostile institutions, hiding my people away from hostile uh, empires with the hope that one day God will lift us up and will lead us out into our promised land. And along with that, I think that's why we hit on so much of helping younger people get married because understanding the times that we're in and wisdom for the times that we're in, it's not good for women to be in their 30s and being single or being in their 40s and being single. That's not for their best interest to put them in masculine positions of having to provide and protect for themselves. That's not what God made for them to do because times are hard. Yeah. And so it's not good for women to have to be on their own. So that's why we yeah. emphasize the importance of helping Christians get married. Because that is victory, right? Getting married is going against the culture. It's going against the hostile institutions of this world. Mm -hmm. Every Christian couple that gets married and has a family and starts a business, praise God, that's you discipling your nation. 
that's you not giving in to defeat. That's you saying, no, there is a future for our people. And so we want to understand the times. For our young men, this is a time of captivity, of hostile institutions that are hostile towards them. They're not looking out for your best interest. And so you need to navigate the world not in a victimhood mindset, not with, with nihilism and despair and victimhood. No, we live to a vision of, okay, I understand the times. I need to become a patriarch for the Lord. And it's going to be hard, but I have a mission. That gives meaning. I have a heritage uh, that I can honor and a destiny that I can build for. And it's the same with young ladies. You can't just send your ladies to the world thinking that the world is neutral or that the world is for their best interests. So I'm like, oh yeah, we'll send them to, to university. We'll she'll send them fine. to, she'll be fine. It's like, no, they want to destroy families. They want to destroy nations. And so by sending your daughters to them, you are complicit in the destruction of families and nations. Whereas every single couple that gets married, that has a desire to build their household, build their economy, a God ordered marriage, many children, praise God, you're winning. You're winning the cultural game. I just want to touch on the girls in university thing because I was talking to my mom about this. Ten years ago, we didn't know the fruit of whole high schools going into college. Mm -hmm. That was our times. Was That was normal. Everyone from your high school class all went to college. It was unusual for seniors to not go on college visits. Now, though, we are... 12, 13, 14, 15 years out of that mainstream idea that everyone goes from high school to college. And now we can see the fruit of, is this a good idea? There is now data that shows, mm -hmm. is this a good idea? Is this helpful? Is this working? Is this a neutral or positive institution toward our people? Yeah. And I would say even alone that it's even in consideration that the government will cancel student loan debts in itself is a glaringly red flag that this has been a massive problem that we've put all of these young people through university and they cannot pay off their student loans with the investment that they put in. That's the whole point. You go to university as an investment that will hopefully pay for itself. But instead it's a captivity. <laughs> We're not captive and bound to this loan debt. Yeah, that some people fear that they'll never be able to pay off. Yeah. And so now we can see that not a good idea for everyone. Understand the times that we're in. May the heritage of your people be alive in your heart today. May you honor uh, and venerate your people and all the things that they've been through. I just encourage you, go find books about your people and not books that criticize and condemn your people, mm. but books that honor and tell the stories of your forefathers, of, of the people who came before you. You want to celebrate them. And you know, so many people will be like, well, this is pride and this is taking pride in things that other people are. And it's like, well, that's the whole story of the Bible. So you've got an issue with God, take it up with him. <laughs> so praise God, we should love our people and Amen. we should love our place. And so we want to be a, a forward part of carrying on our heritage. Don't let your heritage end with you. Praise God. God bless you guys. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. You can support our channel by leaving a review on Apple Podcast, or if you would like to purchase from our shop, our website is 
homewithkelly, K-E-L-L-I, dot C-O. We have organic rooibos that we bring in from Scott's home country of South Africa. It is a delicious, no-caffeine tea, loose leaf. It is so good, iced or warm. And I also have some vintage home goods in the shop, and I make some hand-bound journals, which are also available. We hope that everything that we share is an encouragement and a blessing to you and your family.